0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. But let's, let's, let's move on because our first guest is patiently waiting by. And he's the guy that said, well, Murph's been paid, so he better be coming to Bathurst in 2020. The man that founded Boost Mobile, Peter Addison, joins us right now on Race Control. Peter, thanks for giving us your time tonight. Hey,
1: how are you guys?
2: Mate, we are good. How are you, Murph? Yeah, good. Thanks, (laughs) Pete. The invoice is in the mail, by
1: the way. Oh, yeah, no no problem, Greg. Well, uh, (laughs) hopefully uh, we can pay you to actually do something rather than just work out in the gym.
0: Jeez, that's harsh. <laughs> hey, Peter, it's Stephen here. Um, I'm intrigued to know right from the get-go where where did your interest in motorsport come from?
1: Mate, so it goes back to the days when I was actually uh, a kid. My dad absolutely loved uh, car racing, and I would sit there on the uh, I would sit there on the um, on the couch watching these guys, and uh, you know, Dad would like cheering them on. I'm like, so I basically, when I was five or six years old, we'd sit there and watch it. Um, and fell in love with motorsport. Loved the action, loved the adrenaline, loved the competition. Really thought it was great. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun.
0: But then you get in a position to support people, right? Boost Marble comes around and selling you this present. So how did you – what was your initial engagement with 1G Murphy?
1: Well, it, it starts back in the day. I think Greg told the story a few times, as I have, is that he was running around the track. He was a young kid, um, like most young kids in, in motorsport in New Zealand had come across to Australia with, like, $3.00. And uh, it's been five. And so when I met Greg, he was sitting there, I think it was his last uh, race. He wanted to finish the championship. And he basically had that tent that um, you always look for as a team owner or a sponsor. So you're always looking for the that edge. And, and, and Greg had it, and we saw it. And he wasn't in the best equipment, but he definitely was the fastest. So um, I went up to him and went into the pits I said, mate, I, I've got a car that we're going to be racing in Phillip Island. I said, um, we don't have a driver. We need someone who's young and fast. Do you want to do it? And um I think Greg looked around and looked at his other options and said, well, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, what
2: well, that, that pretty much was the only option.
0: Yeah, but what impressed you about him? I mean, yes, yes he was fast, but that's just not part of the... They've got to be good blokes, do not they?
1: No, they don't actually. And so, you know, any athlete, I think, that is any good or is better than the next guy has a level of arrogance about them right and you need that you need to believe you're the best and that the world's basically challenging you to to prove that and, and so greg had that when i met him so he's still you know, got it. you've seen greg's career yeah you know, he's still got it and you know what hopefully he never loses it because at the end of the day you need that you know i always used to look at you know athletes i spent a lot of time in america and you'd see the athletes that would walk in who probably didn't have the same amount of talent maybe as some of the others but they. They had this talent that when they walked on the court, everybody knew they had arrived. And so when I looked at Greg, Greg had this, like, almost like I should be first all the time. And so he had that drive of, like, and I love that. Like, I love that about drivers, and I love that in business. So when I saw Greg, it was that little extra edge that he had that I think really separated him from everybody else. And obviously he went on to prove that we were right in in backing him because he did some pretty amazing things. Did he deliver in those, those early days for you, though? Oh, well, he delivered uh, 10 times, and then I actually moved him in, I took over the factory Audi racing team, and so I said, Greg, here's a full-time drive for you, and um, they have got some great classic stories there about, uh now Greg was always fast, he never got to test the car, he'd just come along and he'd be fast, and those who know Greg know that, um, you know, he can be very impatient, and uh, yes, so a lot of, lot of times he'd get there. no, he'd sit there and he'd go, I never got to test the car, Peter, but the other driver did, and And so I do believe for a second there that they actually swapped the car on Greg, that he was going so quick that the other driver actually went in and took his car out from under him. Um, They looked the same, but I'm sure they didn't feel the same. So, no, he went on to obviously do great things. And we knew, by the way, at the Audi racing team that eventually, you know, someone in the supercars would look at Greg uh, and go, okay, we want him. And obviously Holden Racing Team came and got him pretty much straight away.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in, because Greg's just listening to you at the moment. He's letting me run the show for the moment, which is a rarity, <laughs> as you know. Uh, but you yourself, yeah. did, did, were you a racer?
1: No, I, I actually quickly worked out. I actually did a race with, I think, Greg in a go-kart. Um, it's a seven-hour, or right? 10-hour race down in Wollongong. And, and I quickly realized that I was probably better to be putting the money into the sport yeah, <laughs> rather than driving it. I just was not... Uh, I didn't have that, that level of... And I'm very competitive, Greg, I'll tell you that. And so for me to come fourth or fifth in anything, I'd just rather give it up, to be honest with you, than basically try to spend the money to get the first.
0: Okay, so 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 now so you create Boost Mobile. I, I was reading up, and, and it's interesting. It's interesting that it's, it's not a monster brand, right? And, and, I, I, and please don't take that the wrong way. But the way that you use Boost... You would think it's on par with Telstra. That's how good you are at what you do.
1: Well, you've got to remember the boost is not just in Australia. Yeah. We're actually the fourth largest telco in, in America. We've got over nine million customers. Okay. there. Okay, well, I've just been it's put the on the number ass. one indexing youth. Yeah, it's the number one indexing youth brand in Australia. I mean, we we we're in the youth market. We're, we're strong. Um, so yeah, we are on par with you know the Optus, Vodafone, and uh, and Telstra, and that's through through marketing. And I always say this, that uh, if you look at the, you know, the new world that we live in now, right, with all the social media platforms that are out there, you know, kind of niche has become the new mainstream. So Booth was a niche market, but it's actually become mainstream. If you start looking at, you know, TikTok and Snapchat and a lot of these other platforms, they all started out as niche brands and basically became the mainstream. So I think what we're seeing is, a transformation of the Boost brand of being this niche youth brand to basically now being a, a mainstream brand, both in America, and you walk around America and talk to anybody, we've got over 7,000 stores there, and you look at what we're doing here in Australia. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a small niche brand that's actually hit the mainstream.
0: Well, it was in New Zealand for a little while. Uh, would you consider bringing it back into New Zealand? Because I think it was under Telecom for yeah. a while.
1: Yes, and, in fact, we actually had a call with Telecom New Zealand. Um, I I think they they rebranded themselves. Spark. Um, And so we had that call. Spark, so we had that call with them. We said, look, we want to bring the brand back. I think it would be uh, strong and positive. Um, So, yeah, I I would absolutely love to see it come back. We went into New Zealand a little bit too soon. We only knew um, Mm. back in the days when Telecom New Zealand was there, and they were kind of stretching their legs into Australia through the AAPT. Uh, Acquisition and a few other things So the timing didn't line up But I think the timing's right now for Boost to come back into New Zealand I think New Zealanders would embrace The the brand and the approach that we have To the brand
0: Okay so Pete we've set up who you are And your relationship with Murph now It's ten past seven We're going to take a wee break Then we're going to start talking about supercars All right. So stay with us This is Race Control with our good friends at Repco Murph has hardly said anything Bonus points for that at the moment Back in a moment Seven fourteen. This is Race Control with Repco, Stephen McIver, Greg Murphy, and Mr. Boost Mobile himself, Peter Adderton. 0800 150 If you want to win that, bring in the Bathurst Race Pack worth $800, and we are closing it on Bathurst. We'll give it away just before Bathurst. Get on the damn phone. 0800 150 811.
2: Uh, Pete, uh, I'm finally going to actually say something now. Uh, um, It is awesome that uh, you have thrown your weight behind supercars. As as you said before, you're a huge fan of motorsport, have been for a long time, but you did spend a lot of time building the brand in America and and focused on that. But then, you know, came back to Australia, saw what was on offer, and you jumped in with two feet. What do you see about supercars that that gets you and the brand and, and what you know excited about sport? I think the passion of
1: the fans. So, you know, when I look at anything that we do, there's such a passionate level of fans, whether in Australia or in New Zealand, and, and they feel, you know, you look at their comments and the way they communicate, they feel like they're part of the uh, the, the family. So I, I love the passion. They're loyal. Um, you know, when I did the Supercross in America, we always knew that they, they were some of the most loyal customers to the brand. So when I look at what happens with Boost and the sales that we've seen, that Boost's experience, it's been, it's been phenomenal. So, um, yeah, look it really comes down to the passionate fans and they support the sponsors and that's why i think that if you're a sponsor of supercars um, you do get to see that you do reap the benefits and that doesn't always happen by the way when you sponsor events you don't normally see the the reaction and we, and we've seen that with our our sales
0: you you were going you took a pretty big step in the last couple of months and put a bid in to actually go and buy supercars why did you want to do that
1: well, I felt that the owners who owned it, which was a private equity firm, didn't care about it. And it was obviously clear they didn't because they ended up selling it. And so I felt that we could really grow the sport and make it bigger and better because um, we were already investing millions of dollars into the sport through sponsorships. I felt that we could get in there and, and really turn that around. And you always know that when you've got an owner that doesn't really care that much about it, um, it's never going to be able to grow. So we saw this was an opportunity for us to dive in and grow the sport. Um, you know, obviously, we didn't uh, pay what they wanted us to pay, but we still believe that it was a great opportunity for us to get in with a great consortium there of Mick Doohan and um, and Alan Gow, who ran uh, the British, who runs the British Touring Car Championship. So we had a and with News Corp as well. So we had a very strong consortium, but um, you know, just purely because we wanted to see it grow and continue to grow.
2: And so, what do you reckon? Uh, I know you were disappointed about uh, not getting that that opportunity. Now, obviously, there's a new consortium that is bought in to it all. And over the last uh, few days, in fact, um, you have been catching up with these people and talking about the future of the sport. Um, where, 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 where's your impression currently about uh, their direction? What they're thinking is for the future?
1: Well, the, the jury's out for me. To be totally honest, I mean, when you sit down and talk to these guys, you know, you give, get an hour. Um, it's really going to become, come down to the proof's going to be in the pudding. It's going to come down to what we see, what changes we make. When we roll up to Newcastle in 2022, the first round, what's going to be different to when I roll up to the Sydney Motorsport Park this weekend? And, and so I think that that's going to be, you know, everyone can, can talk about what they're going to do. Uh, execution is going to be the key, so I'm going to reserve judgment until uh, I actually turn up to the first event and, and see what differences and what changes have been made across digital. Obviously, we're going to engage a new audience. Um, what the difference in experience is going to be like for families, I don't think they've changed the experience for families um, at all. So we've really got a we've really got a lot to uh, a lot to see and how we want them to put it together.
0: They are making a big deal this consortium about being a lot of people that know racing. But when, when you tell us who was in your consortium, you go, well, it must have simply come down to the number on the piece of paper. So what were you specifically going to change to make it a better experience? All about that race day experience and also better for the, the competition itself.
1: Well, I think there's three things you've got to look at supercars that I think are challenged right now that they need to fix, right? And I think the first thing that they need to fix is the show, right, the entertainment factor. And I think they're trying to do that with a jam three car. So that's the first thing that they would fit. I think the second thing that needs to be is the experience for the families when you turn up. So, you know, they haven't haven't changed that experience for the families. And then the third one is digitally, right? How do you engage a new audience? The new audience is not watching traditional television anymore. They've moved to a, a bunch of different platforms. So I think they're the three pieces that we would have addressed fairly quickly. So the show, the entertainment factor, um, I just find that uh, you know the show itself you know, can be boring. In fact, we had probably one of the best races I've seen on Sunday last week, and it basically happened because the driver ignored what the team was telling him to do. <laughs> so I think that if you look at everyone go, that was fantastic. And I said, well, that actually highlighted to me the problem with supercars, and that is that everybody's so uh, politically told what to do and how they operate their cars and how they operate their teams that they think about the entertainment factor a second. And and what you're effectively going to have if you race in a a vacuum like the things do is you're basically going to have every race will become a test day because no one will turn up. So the fact that people have to ignore what they're being told to do to make a great race, I think is a a fundamental problem. Um, But it was good to see and uh, hopefully we see more of it. So we we were going to make some pretty big changes. And you've got to invest in the sport. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what these guys do because you know Supercars has some challenges like every sport. It's a very complicated um, sport. So I'm going to be interested to see what these guys do to turn it around.
2: How much uh, how much NASCAR do you do follow and watch?
1: I, would, I, I love that. You know, boost was originally in the, in, in NASCAR, so we did some, some good stuff there. And it's funny, I was actually talking to someone today about that, and they were kind of comparing trying to compare, you know, supercars to F1. I said, oh, no, you've got to compare it to NASCAR. I said, before you even turn up, when you get to the parking lot of NASCAR, there is an experience and a vibe and a buzz that you just can't put your finger on. And I said, you don't even need to be a car enthusiast or even care about car racing. You'll come away from a NASCAR race feeling like you had a great experience, a great day. So to me, that's, that's absolutely critical, I think, as, we, um, as they move forward. but yeah, I, I love, Of course, I love NASCAR.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I mean, we've talked a bit about that in the last few weeks. I mean, what a show it was uh, this year. We spoke to Dale Earnhardt uh, a couple of weeks ago about it, which was fantastic to get his insights and and just how they are – you know the drivers are free to to engage and be controversial and be outspoken and it's and it's you know it's promoted and, and we need to do more of that. What you said before about Jamie and, and Shane on the weekend, what Jamie did was just fantastic. It was brilliant. It was great talking point. And also, um, I don't know if I mentioned to you, Pete or not, but but what Craig Beard has been doing recently, just with allowing a bit more touch-up, bit more you know push around the place and and uh, not be so jumpy onto certain. And small things that that really shouldn't be be um, you know penalised. Yeah. I mean, with that's that's a big part of where I think it needs to needs to be heading. We've got to look more at NASCAR, and I think uh, Sean Seymour is very supportive of that, and hopefully the new owners will be.
1: Well, they're, they're, you're right. I mean, I, credit to Craig because Craig gets beaten up now and then when uh, you know when yeah. he pulls up things, and he, he has. He's basically taken his finger off the switch, and I think that that's been a good thing for the fans and entertainment. But but as I said, Greg the reason why it was good last weekend is because they basically, you know, Jamie basically ignored everybody that was telling him to, to let go. Now, if if he had have accepted what they said, then wind cup would have gone around him because he was clearly the faster car. He would have taken Brown and we would have had a one, two, three with no racing. Right. And so we've got to look at it as a sport and go, what Jamie did was create a real race. And I'm a believer that if, if you have team orders, and you use them, you should be penalized. You should be penalized 10, 15 seconds. It's almost like you want every car to be a single car team. like right? So they race each other. And, and and we saw that. And so we've seen that the sport can be entertaining and it can be fun. We've just got to let these guys race. And, you know, Craig's doing a great job, I think, over the last few weeks of letting him do that.
2: Uh, Thanks, mate. I mean, uh, finally, uh, let's just touch briefly on on obviously uh, the wildcard situation and the fact that uh, it hasn't gone ahead. But also, can you tell us about any plans you do have for 2022 around Richie and and Boost and, you know, where you might be uh, investing your money next year?
1: Well, we're looking right now. We've got a couple of teams that are looking to put us um, obviously uh, to do a deal with. And so we we haven't decided which way we're going to jump there. But Richie's a talent. And I want to see Richie, whatever we do next year, will include Richie doing a wild card. Um, I'd like to see him do at least uh, you know, at least three wild cards. And then obviously, Murph, um, you owe us. So you're coming back to do Bathurst. <laughs> and uh, even if you don't like it, we're going to kidnap you and put you in there. But you're going to absolutely do Bathurst with Richie next year. I think the fans want it. They expect it. And obviously COVID uh, caught us up. But um, I'm not letting you off the hook, buddy. You will be there. Um, and uh, I'll make sure that every New Zealander forces you on that plane. So you're, you're coming.
0: Yeah, that, that, that'll do us, Peter. I appreciate it. Mate, thanks so much for your insight. So, I, you know, I, I, and, uh, listening to you and who you had backing you, it, I almost feel uh, disappointed that the other crew got got the, jo- uh, the, the supercars because the way you're talking makes it makes a heap of sense, my friend.
1: Well, look, you know what you should do is get the other side on the radio show and see what they come up with. I'd love to hear that as well.
0: <laughs> uh, very good idea. That's Well, you can be our producer as well. Hey, Peter, thanks so much for giving us your time. and uh, Bye, guys. Have a great weekend, mate. Thanks, Pleasure.
2: Peter. You too.
0: Peter Addison. You, Peter Addison, Mr. Boost Mobile. Mate, that's it's fascinating, right? And you know when you break it down, I, I wrote that down. The show, the experience, and how people are receiving the product move. It's not difficult. And he made a really good no, point. You know, the really good point he made was about NASCAR. As soon as you walk in those, drive in those gates, it's on, baby. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they do put a lot of effort into it. And, hey, listen, it is it is challenging, though. I mean, it, it's very challenging to try and keep reinventing something, right? I mean, what's rugby done to reinvent itself? But yeah. we still watch it. Um, I mean, <laughs> but we come and go from various things. And, and racing is there's certain parts that I think we yeah it can be done a lot better. And one, one thing that has happened in supercars to take away maybe some of the entertainment is the cars have become – and we've, I think we've spoken mm-hmm. about this before maybe on Sky Speed – the cars are way too complicated, overcomplicated. Too much money can be spent in certain areas. And then it all comes down to the uh, how much money you've got to spend on people and, and, and do things that way. We don't need to be doing that. GT uh, – sorry, what is it? Um, uh, Next Gen, Generation 3, um, should – Take that stuff away. They need to make sure that it does, and that the competition um, can be spread further amongst the field, and more people in the field can have that opportunity to stand on that podium on a more regular basis. It's got to be mixed up, but but we have seen some good stuff this year. But we've got to keep improving. Got to absolutely start. keep I've got
0: to say, Murph, I love the fact that he's really, really keen to see Richie back in a supercar. That must. That's oh, a. Oh, re- yeah. It's a really nice thing to hear, though. Because like yeah, because we, been we you Because know, you and I both know that Rishi probably got a bit of a rough deal and we've seen but, him so since and one hundred percent. And the last time we saw him was in Cambridge when we were shooting. well, I saw him anyway, was in Cambridge with you shooting a show and, and we both said, Wow, he is in mm. such a good space and the fact that yep. Bathurst didn't happen, you go, Man, you know, talent two talented drivers, it would have been fun.